here we go. We have a big conference coming up in two weeks, but there's a big change. The location has moved from here on Saturday night uh, to across the street to the uh, Drayton Country House Play Theater, Playhouse. I forget the name of it now because I had it written up, but it's not on this slide. But uh, we're going to send an email out. We're going to post it on Facebook. Um, so you'll see the, that update for the new location. It's directly across the street from here, and it can seat a lot more people, but you still need to register. Even though it's here, you have to register, please. We need to know how many to expect uh, as best as, as close to the real number as possible. Um, and then on Sunday morning, uh, Paul is speaking here in this location. It might be confusing on the Eventbrite, but they, can't, they won't let us ed edit or delete stuff. It's just crazy. We're having a frustrating time with that. Although Jen can almost do anything, so she may fi figure a, a fix and a workaround, but who knows. Um, and then I'm going to ask you to blitz the links I'm going to send you or the links that will be on Facebook. Please share like crazy. If you're uh, from far away and can't be here in person, there is a separate link for the live stream registration. So please go there. If you live in California, we've got people from Norway that are going to watch. Uh, we have people out west that are going to watch. Um, Jake Enns, who is in, uh, um, I think he's in Saskatchewan. I think he is, but he's going to be watching. But later, they can't watch because of the time zone. So the live stream registration, you'll be able to watch after it's over as well. So it's not, you don't have to watch it while it is live. Uh, you can catch on later. But just register and we'll send you the link to where that spot will be. Uh, and that's it. So blitz away, please. I just want to make sure everybody knew that. I'm going to remind you at the end of the message today uh, of that again. Because some people don't see the beginning. They'll only catch partway and then they'll see the announcement at the end. That's kind of how it works, right? All right. I can't do it. I can do it. Last week, we talked about resolve, learning to resolve, have a determination in advance versus um, uh, re reacting. Responding sometimes has resolve attached to it. But reacting, if there's no plan, we just react out of our gut, and often it's done wrong. Uh, usually when our kids are upset and we react incorrectly, they react back incorrectly, and it's a mess, you know, and it's all that non-prepared stuff. And so last week was really encouraging for me. This week, I want to take a look at resolve, or we, we're looking at the idea of Advent, anticipating something to come. We just finished the four weeks of Advent for Christmas, but the Advent word is like anticipating. So I wanted to look at what are we going to anticipate in 2020? What is coming up for this church and this church family and those connected to us? And I kind of want to encourage, how do we begin? How should we begin with this year 2020 and all the jokes that go along with the perfect vision stuff? Um, it, it's important that we do take a look at this. We have chosen this January 1st in our calendar as a time of fresh starts. Well, if you're a teacher, it's September. You know, it, it's later. There's, there's different times of the year. But time is an illusion. Time is not real. The only time that's real right now is now. Yesterday isn't now. It was now then. And tomorrow's not going to be now, but it will be then. But now is now. Now is the only time that's for sure. So how do we plan for now? <laughs> that's, a, that's a good one. Uh, in five minutes or two or one or now? What's now? Now is now. So 
instead of always focusing on the preparing for everything, we become exhausted in our soul and our, in our physical bodies from over-planning, over-anticipating, overthinking wrong results, having backup plans for all those fantasy ideas that we think are going to happen, and we have strategic backup plans for all those things that haven't happened yet, but just in case. You see, I'm really good at that one. I have a degree in that. <laughs> Like a master's degree. I've mastered worrying and planning just in case. It's not healthy. And this year, I want to, I've explained last week, my goal this year is to be more mindful. And I will end with a slide about mindful that you'll kind of chuckle at, but it's real. It'll make sense when you see it. I, I'm really looking forward to today. This is the content. I hope I can get through it. Oh, good. I did bring notes. <clears throat> It's going to say, you're in trouble if I forgot these again. So, what do we need to see perfectly? Let's get right into this. Anticipating 2020, what is it we need to see perfectly? And we just finished singing a song, You Say, by Lauren Daigle, uh, that reflects this idea. John 20, 31, from the Passion Translation, says this. But all that is recorded here is so that you will fully believe, or never stop believing, that Jesus is the anointed one, the Son of God, and that through your faith in him, you will experience eternal life. How? By the power of his name. How many times do we stop believing or forget Jesus is the anointed one, the Son of God? But then we're also told that it's up to us to have faith. Oh, you need to have faith. You need to have more faith. That line is baloney. If people tell you to have more faith, go, well, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. How much faith can we generate in and of ourselves? Zero. None of us can generate our own faith because the faith we have has been given to us. Every measure of faith you have, every spiritual hunger or hang or ping that hits you from wherever, through whatever medium, whether it's watching a movie, reading a book, whatever sparks a light already in you, that faith has been generated by Jesus. You didn't come up with it. That means you can't take credit for it. We try to monopolize that kind of faith in our world. We try to show people in the church we have more faith than somebody else and we make ourselves the ones people have to come to to depend on their faith to grow. It's called religion. And the system of religion is not what Jesus came to set up. He came to tear that down because it misrepresented the true, authentic love of his Father. So how do we anticipate? We're, we're encouraged here. This, is, this has all been written so we don't stop believing. There are times we do stop believing, not intentionally. A crisis can hit and our focus isn't on believing. It's on the crisis. Like Zoe's family right now. What a crisis. My prayer is that somehow the mystical peace of God will just transcend, be in, around, flow, through. It doesn't have to look religious. Just love. Period. Comfort. Mourn. Weep. Bowl. You name it. That's love. That's my prayer for them. And all those connected. What else do we need to see perfectly? Ephesians 3, 16 to 21. This... This is really good. Listen carefully. 
And I pray that he okay, would unveil within you the limited riches. Oh, shoot. It says unlimited riches of his glory and favor until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and explosive power. Dynamo, dynamite. That's a whole sermon. It is. I pray that he would unveil within you. Unveil. Why, what is, why would he say unveil? Because Paul has already experienced the unveiling of Christ in him. When he got hit with the light of, at Damascus, on his way to Damascus to go take out a whole bunch of Christians, he, was, he had a posse. He was going to, this is about destroying people who believe in Jesus. And a light blinded him, knocked him off his horse. And a voice spoke. And apparently, uh, I, if I remember correctly, I didn't look this up for a while, but they heard something. I don't know if they heard an actual voice. They heard a thunder, but Paul sure heard the voice. And Paul got blinded and it took somebody else to come along. God used someone else to heal him of his blindness. But it took time to knock him off his keister, to take away his sight for three days. Why, why is that significant? Are we ever ramped up with what we see? So locked into what we believe that I believe this. That person, what they did to me was wrong. They did it intentionally. And suddenly, we're blindsided with a, a, a slice of truth we weren't exposed to. And we discover it's not the way I'd perceived. And we're just like, oh. And we have to stop and pause and reevaluate. And that can take time. Well, Paul had some reevaluating to do. He was wrong. And he said later in another, another I forget where else he said this, but it, was, it pleased God to reveal Christ not to me, but in me. It was unveiled in him as one who felt it and recognized the unveiling of Christ in him, a guy who didn't believe, had light in him shown to him, as in the layers got peeled off, this is what he wants for you and I. That we wake up to the unveiling of Christ in us. There isn't a transaction we have to get God to get into us. It's waking up to the reality he is in us, shining his light through us already. This is good news. That's what the angel said. I bring you tidings of great joy that will be for some people who say the right prayer. No, he said this for all people. I don't think they were lying. It's unlimited riches in us. You lack nothing. I want us to start the year not from a poverty mindset, a place of lacking. I want us to approach 2020 with full abundance. That We have everything we need in us right now. All the confidence of Christ, all the confidence in him. Until supernatural strength floods our innermost being with his divine might and explosive power. Then, by constantly using your faith that's been given to you, the life of Christ will be released deep inside. And the resting place of his love will become the very source and root of your life. This is the Christian life. 
Not about how well we preach or evangelize or tell people about Jesus. Oh, but we've got to tell the world. How about you experience Jesus first? Because what are you blabbing about then? You're blabbing a book or a sermon series or mimicking somebody else, but not mimicking the experience of truth within us. We're so busy. We're after somebody else's method. How many times have you, I heard this this morning, Paul Anderson Walsh was, was teaching. I'd like to re-preach this whole sermon this morning, but I can't. Uh, and if I did, I'd say it's him. Um, but the one part he was saying, it's funny how when somebody comes and asks for prayer, and um, let's say Diane is, is asking for a special prayer, and I, God gives her a great revelation, and, and Steve hears this. He goes, oh, that's so cool. I want that. And suddenly he wants the exact same thing. And so, can I have it? Right? And yet, it was for her. We want what everybody else has. We're looking everywhere else but inside. Steve's got it too. He's just got to realize it. You have it. You have the full powerhouse of God, the nuclear power plant of his love in you. You have all the capacity to love everyone in your life right now. Yeah, but we're having a hard time. That's fine. Who cares if you're having a hard time? You still have the power in you to love. What's it going to look like? I don't know. That's your journey. Maybe stop. Maybe shut up and listen. Quit trying to help God out. Maybe take a more mindful stance and say, huh, maybe God is teaching me to slow down and not judge, not guess their thoughts for them because after all, we're really good at that, right? Especially in marriage. We can read our spouse's thoughts. We know exactly their intentions. We know their motive every time because they've proven it over and over. Mm -mm. We take a lot of things for granted. But this is about the life of Christ being released deep inside you. And the resting place of his love will become the very source and root of your life. I'd like that to be my root. The love of Christ to be my root. Not the power to do miracles, which is what all the charismatic and Pentecostals want to have. They want all the woo signs and wonders. Well, hang on. I do too, if I'm going to be honest. That'd be really funky. I want to see blind men see and lame men, men walk and all that. I, I want to see that. That'd be really awesome. But I think this is even greater. I believe this is greater. The resting place of his love will become the very source and root of your life. What is the root of your life? Is it your theology? Is the root of your life what you believe? Answer that carefully. Because for many, it actually is. But this is my collection of my, my uh, how I feel about God. How about it's not that complicated? Maybe it's so simple as the love of Christ. That's it. Maybe we got to ditch some of our stuff. Maybe there's some stuff we got to let go of. Because we have complicated it. And Jesus is trying to simplify it because this love can be accepted by all humanity. Especially those whom the church and society seems to look down on or reject. This love is absolutely inclusive everyone's included. Yeah, but what about? Okay, let's take your big butt and let's kick it. 
As in no more but. The but, 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 what about? But. That means you're well-churched if you're doing that. It does. It means you're schooled in indoctrination of a certain way of thinking. The love of Christ is not indoctrination. The love of Christ is power. And it's never self-seeking. Always patient. Always kind. Never irritable. I think that's a goal for 2020. It's like we ended with last week. Let's keep going. Ephesians 18 and 19 now, verses, chapter 3. Then, once all that happens, then, do you see the progression? Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. Then you will be empowered to discover what every holy one experiences. Okay, so, so far that's about the love of Christ, recognizing the presence there, and Jesus being the source. Not doctrine, not belief, not church, not your Bible. Jesus. Then we'll be empowered to discover. Shoot, there's no arrival. This is only the beginning. Oh, yeah. This, this, is, this is like peeling back a um, curtain blind uh, or even a screen door or whatever you want to call it, uh, a beautiful starry night and just see the universe and go, oh, how am I ever going to explain this? This is the beginning of discovery. The great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all its dimensions. Some of you will recognize the translation says, uh, it'll, um, how big and how far and how wide the great love of God is. All those really nice, simple words that reduce it to simplicity when here a more expressioned uh, translation wakes up the intent of this text. How deeply intimate and far-reaching is his love? Much bigger than what we know. Much bigger than we're experiencing. Much bigger than you and I can control. Yeah, but God's love has limits. It does not. Where? Show me. It doesn't. It's limitless. How enduring and inclusive it is. (laughs) That's going to mess up some people right away. Endless love beyond measurement that transcends our understanding. If you're on the cusp of this stage and I'm just about to tip, I can understand the stage, but I can't understand what I'm going to fall into if, it's, if there's a huge abyss or a cliff. It, there's something bigger. And what we like to do is control our understandings. We want to control how God loves others because then we feel better about ourselves. But if we let go of that, we have to come become, here's the word, vulnerable. And vulnerability is scary because we just might get hurt. Oh, shoot, you will. You're going to get hurt. That's why the gift of forgiveness has been given to us. Not just to us, but it's for others as well. This love thing's bigger. Tina Turner was wrong. It's got everything to do with it. What's love got to do, got to do with it? Hey. You know, <laughs> everything. How deeply intimate and far-reaching is this love? How enduring and inclusive it is. Endless love beyond measurement that transcends our understanding. This extravagant love pours into you until you are filled to overflowing with the fullness of God. 
So first of all, it's beyond measurement, yet it can fill us, transcends our understanding. So if you think you can understand the love of God, you can't. So whatever little bit you think you understand, that's nice, but it's so much more than that blip that you think you can conceive and perceive. And his extravagant love pours into you until you are filled to overflowing with the fullness of God. Are you experiencing that overflowing of being washed, filled? Oh my goodness. How many times have we put a, a pot in the sink and I, here we use the, co- the glass coffee crafts, you know, fill up with cold water, but then I forget to turn off the water because I'm, oh, that ADHD thing, yeah, distracted. And it's overflowing, gosh, and just wasting water, but it's all flowing. It's just pouring out. It's just an endless tap of his love. That's a scary place to be because we want to control it because somebody might be watching. It's better. Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. All this that we've just talked about, you can't do. God does it to you, for you, and through you. You can't schedule this. Right? That's called control. <laughs> Ooh. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request. How many have had big prayer requests? How many have asked God for miracles? Big ones. Like, okay, bigger. It's like these lottery ones. I'm your dream coach. You know, what would you like to do with your money? Well, I want to go to a holiday island. No, dream bigger than that. Oh, hi, a mansion on a high. No, bigger than that. I'm full-time masseuse. Well, maybe not that big. But anyway, <laughs> the point is dreaming as big as you can dream. You think you can dream. That was a commercial, by the way, a radio commercial. Um, here, this is more than what you can possibly come up with. More than your greatest request your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination, he will outdo them all for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. It's not you. He's the source. How many times do we feel a lack of energy, a lack of hope, a lack of direction? I don't feel God's love today. Yeah, it's because your mind is filled with something else that you're worrying about. You're not focusing on what he's invited you to focus on. This is how we transcend half the stuff we walk through. It does not necessarily allow us to avoid our circumstances, but it sure makes it different to walk through some of the stuff we have to walk through. Now we offer up to God all the glorious praise that rises from every church in every generation through Jesus Christ. And all that will yet manifest through time and eternity. God's not done working in his church. This is, this is a, a body of believers who meet in a building. You and I are the church. <laughs> There's lots more coming. But this is the foundation that the church is built on. And if we make it about programs, we will fail. I think the goal in my heart is that each of us knows this indwelling power. 
and comes to a place of experiencing true source within us. Never doubt God's mighty power. That does not mean, that's not a command that, what if I do doubt that I'm sinning? No. It's saying, hey, this is such good news. Don't think for a second it's not going to happen. Big difference. So what do we need to anticipate? What do we need to see perfectly in 2020? Well, we can't. Sorry. We're not that good. You're not God, neither am I. And the position isn't open for a vote either. This is time to remember what do we need to think about. Let's, let's take a look at four things. We have a new hope for our church family. This whole church family is moving. I'm hoping you get a text really soon. So. <laughs> no, 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 don't you send me a text. <laughs> no. Uh, I told everybody here not to. I believe he's a sneaky one. Okay. We have a new change coming, forced onto us. We have to leave. So what's it going to look like? It causes a change in us. We must become flexible. I remember uh, we went on a missions trip to Mexico. Um, yeah! What was our phrase, Megan and Sarah? What was our phrase for Mexico? Flexico in Mexico! Jonathan! Yes! Yeah, Melissa, yes. Flexico in Mexico. Why? Oh, shoot, we don't know what's going to happen. There were some blind sides. One of the funniest ones was Sarah saying hi to a crocodile. Hey, do you look like Arr! Holy crap. Do you remember that? That was awesome. And I got it on video. <laughs> Surprises. We become flexible. The schedule changes. The plans change. The roads close. Oh, there's a... Literally, a fire in the side of the hill along the highway we're driving. What? Freaky stuff. We need to be flexible and saying, God, whatever's going on, you're in charge of this whole trip. If there's success, you're in charge of it. If it's a failure, it's up to you. You fix it. So in our home growing up, we had a phrase at home, and I, I thought this might be a perfect phrase for Hope Fellowship in 2020. Don't laugh too hard. But we sang this to our kids a lot. You can't always get what you want. No, you can't. Remember that song? How many know? Yes! <laughs> so our expectations, I think, need to change. But we, we used to be able to do this at the other place. Well, guess what? We're not in this place anymore. So maybe we need to suggest that we surrender all of our expect, expectations and let's look at what's going to be new. We need to remember who we are as a church. I think Terrell said it the first thing this morning. You know, we're moving. We're not changing as a people. We still have the love of Christ. Identity in Christ is our message to the community. And we're practicing and learning how to be love better and better. We have not perfected it. We have much to learn. We're, going to, we're just moving as, as people of love and acceptance and need to become better people of love and acceptance. And it's going to get messy. What do we keep? Well, we're bringing most of our stuff with us. You know, Jen and I did a big inventory this week of all the stuff, and it's not as bad as I thought, which is good. But what do we keep? We keep what we just read. Our source is Jesus, not 
a master plan, not a strategic five-year plan. I have denominational voices screaming in my ear, not literally, but from all of my upbringing. This is my, I'm in my 30th year of pastoring. This, this October 1st will be 30, 30 freaking years. Wow. Anyway, 30. And all that time, all the training, all the leaders always talk about strategic plan, growth, blah, 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 blah. This is how you do it. And then you get to pat yourself on the back when you reach one of those goals because it's all you. You know, like, it's, no, I don't want to keep that. What do we hold on to lightly? Hmm. I think Rod has set the tone when this church was first founded. When it comes to our policies and bylaws, I'll repeat this for the rest of my time at this church. He said, these bylaws and policies are here to serve us. When they cease to serve us, we change the policies and bylaws. They are our servants. Whereas many denominations and churches hold to the bylaws. Nope, it says right here. And they use it as a control club. We don't know what's going to happen there. We just don't. I got great questions coming at me left, right, and center. And it's exciting. It's all going on the list. <laughs> I'm keeping a running list because I can't handle all the questions. But they'll get addressed eventually. What do we let go of? Let's let go of control. Let's let go of, we've always done it this way. Our music could change. We're going to have to go really simple for a while or a long time. We don't know. We just don't know. But the music isn't what keeps us together. The preaching isn't what keeps us together. It's the connecting that keeps us together. It's all of it. It's the whole package, not just any one thing. Hmm. What we look for and search for, that is what we will see. What are you looking for? Are you looking for trouble in the new location? You'll find trouble. Guaranteed. If you're looking for difficulty, oh shoot, what's the next bad thing that's going to hit me in 2020? Oh, you'll see it. My wife had this crazy um, prophecy that is ridiculous. Every time you go away, something bad happens. I can't help it that you bought a male and a female mouse and you believe both were male. And I went away like, not my fault. <laughs> Swimming lessons. There's all, if you look for it, you'll see a problem. Problems happen all the time. But when I went away, it seemed like something happened and the dynamics changed. So it looked like there was a problem every time I went away. What you look for, you will find. What you search for, you will see. You search for light, you will find light. You start looking for light in everybody around you, whether you're a believer or non-believer, you will see the light in them. If you're not looking for it, you will not see it. Let's take a look at 2020th Greater Hope. This next video clip is powerful. It's a Google video. And it speaks of looking for hope and for heroes. If you've not seen this, oh my goodness, this was really cool. Get ready to have your heart melted. What you look for, you will find. What are you going to look for? You can look for a hero. You can look for good. You can look for somebody to encourage. Are you an encourager? Let's take a look at this video.
those arriving in the Abaco Islands. Five young boys create a rescue trampoline. The first to run a marathon in under two hours. We have seen what we thought was unseeable. A relay of dogs will leave blind runner Tom Panic across the finish line. Nicolas Mahut lost in the French Open, but then his seven-year-old son ran onto the cart to give his dad a big hug. Her and her sister have been heroes for many little girls out there. I will think my amazing mom, she's my hero. When you are free to be you, it is the best feeling in the world. He's the Sully Sullenberger of pizza. My family is making a grant to eliminate their student loans. We know deep down what's right and what's needed. I'm gonna fight this. Who says I can't? Nobody! Here it comes. Never been done in competition. your heart, your courage and vision to fix, to heal, to empathize, to connect. Because living life for something bigger than yourself is a hero's journey. Oh yeah, cool, huh? What are you looking for? What are you focused on? Are you only seeing the negative? Do you always see a shadow around things? I think you need to refocus your attention, adjust your zoom, and you can. We're gonna have to wrap up. I can't finish this one. One, two, three. You've seen next week's sermon already. Here we go. Mindful versus mindful. Learn to be present and enjoy the moment. 2020, I want to learn what it means to be more mindful, not mindful, full. Like, all right? Come with me. Lead me. Participate with me. Let's do this together as a family. See? Lots going on. Let's pray. Father, open our eyes to see what your love truly is like. Open our eyes to see it already exists in us. We don't have to beg for it to arrive. Teach us how to focus and see your love and not be distracted by all the hindrances around us. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Just before we take up our offering this morning, I want to remind you and those watching online. We're going to be posting an update about the Paul Young events uh, called uh, Grace and Grieving, Finding Hope in the Pain. By the way, Hope Fellowship, I need your questions. I'm going to send an email out to you all this week. I need your questions. You have one week to get them to me. What kind of questions would you like Paul to address? If you're watching online, email me, mike at hopefellowshipycc.com, your question of what, a potential question about loss, grieving, pain, where's God in any of this? Uh, I want to deal with those questions. So 
get those uh, emailed to me. And then once you see it on Eventbrite, please blitz Facebook with your friends. I'm going to have handout flyers. I'm going to be handing out flyers for two weeks solid wherever I go, anybody I meet, because I'm going to trust in God incidents. The people that we meet, somebody is ready and needs to hear this and see this. And you may be a person that might be that bridge to that one person who needs a life change, to hear a bit of hope. Because that's what this culture, this society, KW needs is some hope in the middle of all the darkness. So I hope you'll do that. I believe that's it.